Photographs and Memories, a Travel Market Life series sponsored by Atomize. My memory maker today is Christy Gosher. Welcome to Photographs and Memories with me, Michael McCartney. Each episode, we invite an industry professional to share three photographs and a treasured souvenir from their travels, representing moments particularly important to them. Join us as we go on a journey through time to explore the significance of each. Check the podcast description to view the images of these treasured memories. Photographs and memories. Christy lives in Orange County, California, with her husband and two children. She started her career working with Scandinavian Airlines and Virgin Atlantic before moving into hospitality. She has worked for hotel brands including La Meridian, Jamira, Viceroy Hotel Group, and Preferred Hotels and Resorts. During her nine year stint in the Middle East, she exercised her entrepreneurial passions by launching Table for Me. Christy is recognized by HMSAI as one of the top 25 extraordinary minds and is currently the Chief Commercial Officer with KSL Resorts. Christy serves as a member of the HTNG Executive Leadership Group and Arla's Forward Advisory Committee, where it is her mission to advance women in hospitality. Photographs and Memories, a Travel Market Life series sponsored by Atomize. Christy Gosho, welcome to Photographs and Memories. Good morning, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so today you've uh, shared two photographs of us with us of people and places that uh, represent special moments in your life and a third photograph of some souvenirs from your travels. During the course of this conversation, we'll explore each of the photographs and you will take us on a journey through time reflecting on the significance of each of those photographs. But before we do so, please tell me how you came to work in the hospitality industry. It's a great question. Um, actually, a question I ask myself frequently. How did I get here? Particularly on, on some of the more challenging days. Um, but I, I think I was born, born to travel, um, quite literally. Uh, I was born in Holland while my parents were over in the Netherlands on a, an assignment. My father worked in the petrochemical industry. So it really just started with um, the, the point of my birth. And uh, over the course of my life, my father was usually working in different locations around the world on different projects. And I think what that did was it showed me the world was this great opportunity um, and, and there was a lot of flexibility for us to come and go and, and learn about new people, cultures and, uh, and places. So I was really just, it was part of my DNA from a small baby. Fantastic. And how, how's the industry changed since you first started from those early days? Um, well, I would say a huge amount and probably fair to say that the last three years saw um, an accelerated version of, of some of those changes that were already underway. Uh, but I think probably number one is it's got to be the adoption of technology. And I cast my mind back even to gosh, when we first met each other, Michael, long, long time ago. Um, and really sort of distribution was finding its feet in our industry. And, uh, and, and we saw new technology come come to bear but fast forward to where we are today and we've got augmented reality artificial intelligence predictive analysis um all helping us understand our business more intelligently and and when i say more intelligently it's it's really about understanding consumer behaviors at a far deeper level 
um, the tensions in society, how that's affecting what people buy, when they buy, what more they would buy, and uh, and then weaving that back into our product and our service strategy. So that that's really the, the, the first big change um, that I would reference here. I think the second, and it's very much related to that, is um, empowerment. So if I cast my mind back to the late 90s, there was a company that we know today as Expedia. And they started out by really empowering the consumer to research and book their own travel. We see that as commonplace today. But back in back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were still many, many properties, hotels around the world that didn't even have their own website. So what we've done is we've seen this gradual empowerment of the consumer and the guest across multiple lines of our business. It started with room reservations. Now it's F&B and spa and the, the list is sort of um, growing very quickly. And of course, now we're deep into experience distribution. So that would be the, the second key change. Um, and the third one I'm going to reference is the professionalization of our industry. I, I feel very grateful that I was amongst some of the, the very first to attend a course in travel and tourism. And this was back in, in the 80s. And, and it was just a fledgling BTEC course at a college and at the time, many of my friends, my teachers at the school I left to attend the college, couldn't understand why I would give up doing A-levels to pursue a college course in this topic called travel and tourism, because it just didn't feel like it, it had, had the depth of, and, and business acumen associated to it at that point in time. Um, and little did we know, look at where we are today, but more importantly, tourism is, is hugely vital to the GDP of many, many countries around the world. So um, never before have we really appreciated the value of tourism receipts. Uh, and again, look at the situation through COVID and, and as we stand today. So yeah, hopefully hopefully that gives you a sense of, of what I see is going down. Absolutely, it's, it's fantastic. And yeah, who knows what the future brings with the metaverse and sort of virtual reality and, and virtual travel. I think that's, that's just a whole new frontier that awaits us. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a look at your first photograph. It's uh, yep. one taken many decades ago, I'm guessing, uh, with uh, four of you sitting on a beach or sort of posing on, on, the, on a beach. Right, yes. Um, gosh, th this is a very special um photo, as are all photos, obviously. But this one was taken in 1977 on uh, a beach in a place called Zanfort. And uh, Zanfort, and I'm not pronouncing that with, with the, the best Dutch accent at all, but th this is a beautiful beach location in, in Holland. And I actually met, um, I'm there with my brother. So um, my brother isn't directly behind me. He's actually to, when you're looking at the picture, he'll be to the, to the right of me. Um, the, the other little boy and little girl were two children that we met on the beach. And um, the little girl at the front there, her name is, ironically, Nancy Hollands, <laughs> would you believe? Um, so Nancy and I met when we were collecting bottles on the beach to take back to the restaurant so that we could get some money back. Because um, all of the tourists would leave their beer bottles and their soda bottles around. Um, and we had a lot of fun doing that. But what was interesting about that meeting was Nancy couldn't speak much English at all. And I couldn't speak any Dutch. But as children always do, um, regardless of culture, boundaries, places, we find a way to connect. 
And we we really built this wonderful friendship on that beach. And we stayed in touch as pen pals because back then we didn't have computers and we couldn't send emails. So we would regularly write to each other over the years. Um, and, and still to this day, we are communicating. But now we use WhatsApp versus, versus the postal system. And Nancy's still the same good friend. Um, all this time later. And it, it just shows you the power of travel, actually, and friendships. Um, but it, it was a beautiful moment. That's amazing. Um, Incredible yeah. what you've managed to stay in touch all these years. Fantastic. And uh, given the fact that you were born, in, well, how, how important was the fact that you were born in Holland in sort of uh, stimulating your moves around the globe? You, you've lived in many, many places. Was was Was, was there something in the been born outside of, of of England that actually stimulated that lust for travel? Um, yeah, I think when you when you've been exposed to different places, whether that's through birth or through um, different cultures that your parents may introduce you to, and that might be in the country of your home place. But when you are shown that there's other ways to live one's life, and and the beautiful the beautiful side of those other ways. Uh, I, I think it gives you this sort of thirst for knowledge, you become more curious. And more importantly, you, you recognize a small child, you're always looking for, I think just naturally as individuals, you, you want to feel safe. So if you can be exposed to new places or you see people go to a new place and come back, um, that takes away any fear of, of leaving one's safety zone because you, you can come back and everything's fine. So you go away, you have that learning and you come back. Um, they were my big takeaways uh, at, at a very, very early age. So let's take a look at your, your second photograph. It's a, it's a group photograph. Uh, I don't know how many people are in it, but quite a number. Yeah, please tell me what's going on there. Oh, gosh. And, and many of whom I can't remember. <laughs> but the reason why I shared this one is, OK, first and foremost, this was taken um, 20 years after the last photograph. So you can see me there on the, on the far right with my rather wild trousers. And this was um, a graduation, uh, a graduation trip down to St. Austell in Cornwall. And we decided at the end of, of, of university to get together and just go and have some fun. So we were really just blowing off a whole load of, of frustration um, and anxiety. Um, most of the people in this picture at the time, I think, were probably mature students, as was I. So I made the decision to go to university when I was 23. So when I graduated in, in 97, of course, I'm, I'm dating myself here. Um, I, I was amongst some of the, the eldest in our class. But, you know, it's important point of difference because I understood the time value of money at that point in time. So my reason for returning was to absolutely get the best degree I could get and to have a lot of fun um, in, in the course of doing so. And by the way, that's why I'm wearing this T-shirt. Choose happy. There you go. So life's too short. You've got to make sure you have fun in everything that you do. Um, so the, the people in that picture are the future of hospitality and leisure. That's that's who you're looking at there, which can be quite frightening if you actually look at how we're dressed, <laughs> because we were dressed for the 70s. We decided in 97 to go back out dressed in the 70s. Um, and, and, and frankly, have a little bit of fun. So um, that's it. That's the story behind there. And this was the same year, actually. I think China was going back to Hong Kong rule. So there's quite a few things happening in the world. Sadly, Princess Diana passed away. Um, and what else happened that year? I think 
we saw, again, Apple had done something quite monumental. Steve Jobs returned to Apple. He went back. So maybe the stars were aligning. There you go. We were graduating. He was coming back in to, um, you know, empower us all. And here we are today. So, yeah, it's amazing. You look at the, the you talk about the, the dress and how sort of eccentric everyone looks in the photograph. But I think that's also symptomatic of, of our industry as well. It's a colorful collage of, of people and personalities. And I'm sure you've experienced that many, many times. Yeah. Oh, oh without doubt. And I, I think that's an excellent point, Michael, because most of the students on my course were from different countries around the world. So within the scope of that picture, there were friends from Germany. Um, actually, one, one, one lady was, was from Berlin. Um, there was uh, people in that picture from Australia, I think South Africa, all manner of, of locations. And they added to, to the, the beauty and the, the richness, both of the course, but of the friendships as well. Yes, yeah. fantastic. I, I do. I do want to ask you about um, your decision to to leave the UK and move to um, to, to, to Dubai. Um, mm -hmm. Was that did that fall in your lap, or was that something that you were seeking to do, and D Dubai just happened to be the place that you know gave you the opportunity? Um, what a wonderful question! It, it's in many regards, um, I've always tried to direct my career a little bit like a personal business plan, and I was harboring this, this desire to go overseas at that point in my career and the opportunity, and maybe sometimes when you think these things, the universe provides. Um, and uh, and I, I received a phone call one day, so fortuitous that, um, that that would happen. I received a phone call. So in a way, it did land in my lap. And that phone call was from a gentleman called Bill Walsh. And um, actually, no, it was from Peter Fitzgerald about a gentleman called Bill Walsh. And Peter Fitzgerald, as we both know, um, we, we had worked together with uh, at UTEL Pegasus. And he said, this gentleman called Bill has spoken to me and he's looking for somebody to help him build his distribution over in Dubai for a company called Jumeirah. And he said, I put your name in the ring, Christy. I really think you need to go and have a conversation with him. Oh, that's so Bill and I met um, in London. We had a coffee together. We got on famously. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting in Dubai, meeting with many general managers and different members of the Jumeirah team and trying to understand their business and obviously to, to get a sense of the location, whether or not I would feel comfortable there. And, and I loved it. I, I loved that I didn't know much about it. I loved the sense of adventure. And the idea of getting onto an aircraft and just seeing what would happen was the most exciting thing at that point in my life. And I didn't have any other, um, so there was no other strings that I needed to worry about in my life at that point in time. I had the freedom of movement, uh, which, which obviously I'm very grateful for. And it turns out it was the best decision I could have ever made because in the nine years that followed, there were several landmark moments for me, um, my career, I met my husband, I had my children in the Middle East, my, my son and my daughter were both born there. So um, clearly it was a good decision <laughs> at that point in time. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're running out of time very, very rapidly. So I'm going to move to the third photograph, which is your souvenirs. And, and you've cheated a bit and given us three souvenirs. So uh, just tell us all about them. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so the, the first you can see there is, is a rather dusty, dirty Filofax. And it's from 1999. And why did I keep that? That's the big question. Um, apart from the fact that it's got some very important addresses in there that probably haven't changed. Um, I picked that one out because it sort of, I think it uh, explains how we thought about managing our lives at that point in time. And um, with the advent of technology, which is a wonderful thing, I think there are, there are points when we just wish for a more simple life. And so that for me is really um, a reminder of how important it is to be able to look at your life outside of technology as well. So, um, you know, and, and it was something, wasn't it? Everybody had a file of facts at that point in time. They walked into a meeting with their file of facts. At, at, at a given point, they would never be seen without their file of facts. And now, of course, nobody wants to sort of walk out of the house without their phone and they'll go into every meeting with their phone. Uh, right? it, it, it does remind me, though, that you know, we, we have to find ways to simplify our life, keep it together. Um, and there is a lot of history written into that little book from 1999 that I will never part with. So um, the second on there is a little model of a red Mini Cooper with a white roof. And uh, I keep that because it's a reminder of my very first brand new car that I could afford to buy. And it was when I first arrived in Dubai. Um, in the, I think in the first sort of six months or so, um, I managed to pay off my student student loan. And once I had done that, I was able to go and buy my very first brand new car. And it was a proud moment. It was this achievement, another one of, of life's sort of landmarks where um, I could spoil myself a little bit. And I kept that car for the full nine years <laughs> that followed really? wow. <laughs> while we were there, um, which I think tells you a little bit about how I, I operate, which is, you know, I want to be careful um, get the, the best value out of the things, look after things, because I think if we invest and look after the things that we own, um, respect what we have, uh, they're, good, they're good lessons in life that I hope to be able to pass on to my children. I, and, you know, we, we live in a disposable society today in many regards, whether that's fashion, whether that's food um, and many other things. So I thought that was an important one to throw in there. And I that was in 2002. Good stuff, yeah. And, and the third photo? The third one, um, that little memento is actually a piece of the Berlin Wall. Now, they tell me it's a piece of the Berlin Wall. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, but it looks like it possibly is. And I picked that up not long after the wall had come down. And um, and I, I think that was 1989. So um, that's a really a, a stark reminder of um, how we should never let barriers get in the way get in the way of society, families, doing things that we really want to do. I mean, what a waste that war was. You know, it was, when it came down, it was it was torn down into hundreds of thousands of small pieces and um, having destroyed many people's lives. So you know, it's, it's a little piece that maybe when I picked it up, it was a tourism memento. And as I look at it now, it has much, much deeper uh, meaning for me. Wonderful. Thank you very much. That's, that's excellent. Now, um, as a hotelier, you must have come across some really bizarre moments on property. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, please share your Faulty Towers moment with us. OK, my Faulty Towers moment 
it's actually a moment that happened to me. It wasn't necessarily in a property that I worked in or operated. Um, it's going back to when I was uh, just, I recently graduated a couple of years after I graduated. I had to go for an interview with a company. And uh, part of that was um, attending a few tests at a local university. And I had to stay in a, a small hotel, bed and breakfast. It was really a, a roadside bed and breakfast, very similar to a Forty Towers. And uh, I came out of my room to use the bathroom because we didn't have ensuite bathrooms, shower rooms. I had to share the bathroom on the landing. So I came out of my room to go into the bathroom and I forgot to take my key, the real key. Now, keep in mind, it was next to my room and I hardly had anything on. So here I am with really just my underwear. And I'm in a bathroom realizing I've just locked myself out of my bedroom. And the only way I can go and let myself back into my bed and breakfast was to walk down to the kitchen or downstairs to the breakfast room where most of the roadside lorry drivers were having their breakfast, their full English breakfast. So what did I do? I had to take the curtains off the windows in the bathroom, wrap it around me <laughs> and walk down into the breakfast room and politely ask them for my key or to help me open my bedroom. It was a moment, clearly I remember it vividly. I never did it again, but uh, that was my Faulty Towers moment. Fantastic, very resourceful. <laughs> Got to hand it to you, but yeah, well, well played. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Christy, we, we're out of time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And, uh, you know, let me end by thanking you for sharing your photographs and memories with us. Thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Photographs and Memories, sponsored by Atomize, produced by Haynes Marcoms as a Travel Market Life series. For more, visit travelmarket.life.